It's time for the Ron and Brian podcast. Get ready to fill your ears with the latest news, politics, current events, and whatever else we feel like talking about this week. And now, your hosts, Ron and Brian. Oh my goodness, my friend. It has been a while. It is fantastic to see you. It is fantastic to say that once again, it is Sunday night. It is 7 o'clock, and it is time for episode 269 of the Ron and Brian podcast. Brian, how have you been, my friend? I'm going to be honest with you. I've been missing you. Um, Life is not the same without um, the stability, the structure of knowing that on Sunday nights, I get to spend an hour interacting with you. This is not the same. Um, you know, when we, when, we, when we talked about taking a hiatus during the second half of Hot Podcaster Summer. Oh, see, we're, we're, we're slacking already. Hot Podcaster Summer. When we announced that we were going to be taking a break, it was, um, I said, but we're still going to chat every week. We're still going to interact. We're still going to, to talk. And, and, and you said, no. You said, we will not talk for a month. We will not interact. Um, you blocked me on all forms of social media. You, um, you informed- I felt like it needed, to be, it needed to be a clean kind of break, like a true oh, hiatus. It was a clean break. And, um, and I went through withdrawals. I mean, um, I, 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 create, you know, I, I did things I wasn't proud of. I created fake accounts on Twitter, X, excuse me. Um, I created a, you know, a, a thought account on Instagram in hopes that you would, um, uh, you know, subscribe. You didn't. No. Nope. Um, I created uh, fine content over on TikTok. Um, and, you know, it was uh, I would go down to Philadelphia every day um, at various times and I would order different cheesesteaks and hoogies. Did reviews Nothing. of them? You didn't, you wouldn't even comment on them. No, it, you know uh, what? I felt it was healthy for for both of us, healthier. And yet, it's so great to be able to sit here and talk to you, um, Ron. How did you spend your month? Um, you know, it was uh, it was very just relaxing. You know, uh, did a little work, did a little relaxation, uh, took some trips. You know, it was just uh, kind of it was all about enjoying. <laughs> The summer, Brian, as you mentioned, the last few weeks of Hot Podcaster Hot Summer. Hot Podcaster Summer. <sighs> Which being being Labor Day weekend, you know, now it is officially the end of summer. So we are getting ready for fall. We are getting ready to be back into mm-hmm. our regular podcast groove. And tonight, folks, you get yourselves a two-hour mega episode. Do we have enough content to fill two hours? Possibly. Never stopped us before, though. We're just going to do it. We're just going to do what we do. And that's uh, talk about uh, what's been going on. What did we miss? uh, Current events. Um, But yeah, so Brian, should we get right into it? Because you know one thing that I really, really missed over the last month, Brian? What? And what would that be? Drink of the week. Nazdrovia. Drink of the week. Drink of the week. Drink of the week. Drink All of right, week. Brian. What uh, what did you bring tonight uh, to celebrate our return uh, to this uh, this podcasting foyer? 
Well, speaking of returns, I returned to my apartment in Queens. I returned to my beer fridge and I returned to the beers of old when I picked up this wonderful harp lager. Look at this. You know me, Ron. I'm a sucker for a lager. You Look are. at that beautiful color, Ron. And not only is it a harp lager, but harp lager is an Irish lager. I'm going to say lager one more time. It was first produced in 1959. It's a golden pilsner style lager with a hmm. 5% ABV. The beer has a smooth, creasy, creamy texture with a crisp finish. It has a malty sweetness with a subtle herbal hop note. The aroma is filled with mild hot bitterness and subtle malts with a faint hint of citrus fruits. This is a harp lager. Uh, harp's enjoyable. I mean, you don't even need to tell me what it's about. We all know. Oh, it's just creamy. It's just creamy enough. You know, it, it's not a oh, it's so good. I will be I, 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 I'm, I am so glad that I have at least one more in this fridge. I will right. be drinking it within this hour. I also you'll be happy to know have a shot glass here filled with Jack Daniels, and that will also be um, uh, uh, inserted into my belly before this episode is over. Ron. Good work. Yes. Ron. Yes, my friend. Ron. Yes, sir. What are you drinking? Uh, so I I, uh, I put together a special cocktail, um, one that uh, the good folks at our uh, state liquor store, they email out some recipes every now and then. And this was something I thought was interesting, so I thought I would bring it to the table. It is a grilled orange old-fashioned. So I was uh, I was uh, had the grill out late earlier, so I grilled it. Um, you muddle it with some sugar, and then you throw some bourbon and some bitters in there. So, uh, I mean, it smells very citrusy. I don't know if you mm -hmm. would necessarily call it an old fashioned because there's really not a lot of ingredients, but well, isn't bur a bourbon an old fashioned is bourbon um, citrus that's been muddled, usually an okay. orange, um, an orange slice. But why am I rambling, keeping you? I, from I have no your idea. Beverage. As he takes a sip, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it's pretty good, actually. Oh, yeah, that's that's flavorful. You get the citrus, you get a little bit. There is a little sugar in there, but you also you get that smokiness from the grill. Mm, mm. Taking another mm -hmm. sip. That is good. But Brian, you know, it wouldn't be uh, drink of the week if I didn't bring a local beer. And since it is fall, since I am a basic bitch, Brian, it's time to go with a local fall beer. And from our friends at Neshaminy Creek Brewing, this is Young Pumpkinstein. Uh, it is a Marzahn-style lager with allspice, candy ginger, cinnamon, and nutmeg. No actual pumpkin in there, Brian. So... Uh, I know you're shaking your head, but look at this, Brian. Look at the the dark color, uh, the the smooth drinkability of it. Let's have a sip. That is a, a dark beer. That's almost like a stout. Uh, it's tasty. It's tasty. Walk me through. What flavors are you experiencing? I mean, you really do. You get the uh, you get the the sweetness of the candied ginger. You get the cinnamon. You get the all sweet. You get all the spices in there. Just very smooth drinkable uh, only a 5.2 so uh, so not that bad um so i i feel pretty comfortable uh with the fact that i'll be uh pretty drunk by the time uh we get to uh probably hour two because i have another uh neshaminy creek beer floating around in here but you're drinking some uh high hydrogen water also brian it's been a while Absolutely. since we've uh since we promoted the friends at next level uh with their uh their canned hydra uh, hydrogen water I feel the healing powers already. 
<laughs> hey, Brian, you know, we've been gone for four weeks. I, I don't yes. want to belabor that point. Uh, but you know what I missed, Brian, while we were away? What'd you miss, Ron? I missed Beef of the Week. Oh, I should have. I missed the uh, theme. I missed the hey, Beef do. of the Week theme. There we go. Ron and Brian's Beef of the Week. So, Brian, I mean, I guess it, it could be beef of the week. It could be beef of the month. It just needs to be a beef. So what's uh, what's bothering you, my friend? Moving. Ah. Moving. Listen, I have not moved for 10 years. That's true. Um, as, as friends of the show are aware, people who follow us on Instagram, I've been keeping you up to date about the comings and goings as I re- relocate myself from uh, the corporate housing um, that I've been stuck in for the past year and a half over to the fine um, Hudson County, New Jersey, just over the Hudson. I'm 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 practically in New York, right, Ron? Yeah, right. Ron? I, I mean, you're 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 a New Yorker, as far as I'm concerned. Still a New Yorker. Um, but for the past month, I have been in a um, uh, living out of boxes, living out of a suitcase. I don't know where anything is. The Saran wrap has been moved four times. Um, uh, just recently I got access to my coffee machine. I'm back here in Queens right now. I don't know if you people can, can recognize the background. This is the background that I had, you know, for the first, uh, you know, uh, 17 years of the podcast. I'm going to have a different background a week from today, but right now I am in Queens and packing up your belongings, um, to put into boxes is it's, it's really a window into who you are, um, because you realize the areas in your life where you have your hoarding tendencies, you realize, you know, uh, the, the parts where you you have collected things or purchased things that you have no interest in anymore. And you look at the dollar value of something and said, why did I spend two hundred dollars on that? Um, you know, you look at other things and you're like, I can't. Oh, for, I forgot I own that where that's right. been sitting in a box for so long. Um, and uh, it's just it's also just an unpleasant um, you know me, I'm not really a big fan of change, but just seeing all these, you know, all my stuff's in boxes now and you're looking for something. And, you know, I came out here yesterday and I realized I only have two pairs of socks. So um, I've been wearing a pair of socks a little bit longer than I should. Toes are a little itchy in between. I'm wondering, you know, if there's anything going on. But I don't like moving. It's very, um, it upends my st- my, my stable environment. And, uh, you know, well, it's you're not, you're not have, a fan of change in general. Ooh, I think you would have no, to admit that, no. which is why I was so hesitant when you said, let's take the rest of hot <laughs> podcaster summer off. Right. Exactly. Boy, Matt is really leaking hot podcaster summer. <sighs> did you say that uh, Matt was, did you say Matt was leaking? Yeah. Uh, well, that's a, that's a phrase we have around here. He's leaking fluid. All right. All right. Ron, have you, have you taken this opportunity to purge anything as you've been packing or are you just throwing everything into boxes and saying you're, you'll figure it out later? Despite what my lady thinks, I have gotten rid of stuff. Fortunately, um, during uh, last year, last summer, she and I spent quite a bit of time out here um, basically going through the apartment, getting rid of things that I don't want. So uh, I feel like I'm in a position now cleaning out this apartment where most of the stuff that I don't want has already been um, uh, sort of purged. Um, okay. 
but I, I'm, I'm getting rid of even more stuff. But I think the, the big thing here is, and I think this happens anytime you decide to coexist, um, cohabitate, um, is I knew I was going to get it right eventually. I was, yeah. you know, I knew we were, I just you know, let you go. Some, I just let you go sometimes. You'll I had codependent, I had cohesive, um, but eventually I was going to get cohabitate is that you've got two of everything, you know, two toasters, um, you know, two, uh, you know, uh, uh, cheese graters, um, two coffee machines, you know, and, and it's suddenly, you know, you get that weird moment of like, well, well, mine's nicer than yours. Yeah, but I bought mine, you know, I have a lot of attachment to it. Yeah, but it's really, you know, it's kind of, you know, showing it to age and, you know, it's just kind of sitting there figuring out which one of the two you're going to keep. Uh, so that's the other thing that I've um, been interacting much with. What was it like when you and the lady moved in together? Um, you know, it was uh, it was a little different. You know, I was uh, I was in a house. She was in an apartment. Um, so there was there was space to move her stuff mm -hmm. in. Um, but, yeah, there was. You know, there was definitely stuff of mine that older stuff of mine that I could purge and we could move some of her things in. So it wasn't it wasn't too, too bad. I have mm. to say that I do genuinely enjoy getting rid of stuff. There is something it's I find it very. Um, now, did you pay it forward? For? Did you donate it? Did you just oh, throw I, it away? I, I literally just got rid of um, so much furniture uh, to a close friend. Okay. Um, who was well, able good. to sit there and say, "Hey, I could use it in my uh, in my new in my new place." So they came over, um, packed up a, a whole bunch of stuff. Um, also, just bringing stuff downstairs, uh, donating it to "quote unquote" the building, um, and also just putting stuff on some window ledges out in the hallways and watching it disappear overnight. Good feeling. I don't like throwing you, things out. I like right. you know basically paying it forward to someone else. Did you uh, did you drop things out of the window to the ground below? Any any of those? Not yet, but I have, I have three air conditioners that are just <laughs> asking for it. And one of them faces Queens Boulevard. So, hello, Ron. All right. Yes. What's bothering you? Uh, so my beef, Brian, I have a beef this week. My beef is with Jimmy Kimmel, uh, Jimmy Fallon, uh, Seth Meyers, uh, John Oliver, and Stephen Colbert. Um, they have started a new podcast, Brian. Uh, called Strike Force Five. Now, again, uh, we don't mind there being another podcast out there. Um, of course, uh, the world needed another celebrity podcast. And listen, they're even doing this for a good cause. Uh, apparently, uh, any money raised through this podcast is going to go benefit uh, the writers and the SAG After Strike Fund. Um, so, I mean, it's it's a good cause. But my beef is they decide to roll it out the same week that we're coming back. And, you know, it's it's kind of courtesy in the industry where everyone's known for a while that we were going to be broadcasting again after our hiatus uh, on Sunday, September 3rd. Um, you know, uh, you see it in, in, in the movie industry, like The Exorcist uh, mm -hmm. moved their release date back a week because, you know, Taylor Swift's era's movie is coming out. So there's there's a respect that goes on in different industries. And I feel like this was disrespectful. And if I'm wrong, you're, you're my you're my you're my uh, you're my center, Brian. You're my sense of reason. A am I wrong in feeling that this was kind of a slap in the face? I don't know if slap in the face is really the, the, the correct word here. Um, I think obviously um, this I to me, I look at it as a compliment. This is um, the establishment, which we have never been a part of. We've you know, we you know, we 
we, we asked for recognition at one point from Hollywood. They they told us that we weren't going to be part of their in crowd. Um, we succeeded in continuing our domination of the universe. Uh, we just keep going, keep going, we keep going, gaining more and more listeners, more and more viewers every week. Uh, YouTube has said to us, "Listen, we would um, we wouldn't even be this, the the name brand if it were not for the Ron and Brian podcast." Um, so, if, if you look at it from my perspective right now, Ron, this is what Hollywood has to put together to try to steal some of our shine. Jimmy Kimmel himself could not have opened up a podcast this week that would have competed against us. Seth Meyers, no. John Oliver, maybe he would have gotten a little leg worked out over in, uh, uh, in, in, in the South End or the North End or the East End of London. Not really sure which one. Jimmy Kimmel wearing his little uh, T-shirt underneath his uh, other shirt. No, wouldn't have had the same star power. And let's face it, Stephen Colbert has not been interesting since he left the Colbert Report. So this is Hollywood's attempt. It required five of the biggest talk show hosts on um, mainstream uh, media right now for them to say, hey, this is what we're going to put up to kind of show that maybe Ron and Brian are not the dominant force that they used to be. And what have we done so far? We're 17 minutes in. We've proven that we are still going to kick Hollywood's ass. We are not part of the establishment. We don't want to be. You know, unlike the uh, the stars of Strike Force 5, if you were to offer us a, uh, a smooth five-year-old boy, not interested, not interested. That's not something we want to do. You invite us to a pool party where there are 16-year-old girls who are trying to, you know, be on the next American star search. Uninterested. We've, we, we don't care. That is not something that's going to make us, uh, you know, take out our genitals. However, that's what Hollywood wants us to do. But right. we'll not be trapped. We're not interested in that. Not at all. No. Quick, quick question. Amongst these five men here, um, how many dead hookers, allegedly, would you say they're all responsible for? I'm going to go with 32. John okay. Oliver is responsible for 31 of them, believe it or not. Interesting. That is very interesting. While we're talking about this, Ron, rank the five um, talk show hosts. Rank them? Rank them. If all five are up uh, against each other at 11 o'clock right. at night, you're sitting there with your remote. Who are you watching? And what are the and, and in what order do you go from the one you're going to start at 11 o'clock to see who else is doing what? All right. I'm, I'm going uh, I'm going John Oliver first. I do enjoy his uh, his show. I'm going Stephen Colbert second. I know you uh, you slighted him just a moment ago, but uh, find him humorous. Um, it's a toss up. I'd probably go Kimmel, then Myers, and then Jimmy Fallon. Okay. What about yourself? What's what I would your do. I would do Oliver Kimmel, Colbert, Myers, Fallon. All right. So we all like Oliver. We all can't stand Fallon. You know, it was I. It, it, it's such a shame when it comes to Fallon because I genuinely enjoyed him when he was on Saturday Night Live. Right. I thought that he was he had he had a personality that came across on Saturday Night Live that made you um, uh, think that he was he was an interest. And yet, um, when he came out on his own talk show, I think he started with the late, 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 late show um, on uh, CBS. I just remember sitting there saying, like, he is nothing but a Hollywood sycophant. Um, you could literally take some bubblegum pop 
um, teenage actress and put them on a, a on a chair across from him, and he is going to hype her up and talk about how exciting her new movie is. Um, that's 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 made by MTV Studios, which is usually what, a sign the movie's going to be terrible. What's what's the more interesting transition over the years for you? Is it is it Jimmy Fallon from SNL to to late night uh, talk show host, no, or no, Jimmy no. Kimmel from Man Show? to late night talk show host. No, the best transition was Bruce Jenner over to uh, uh, Caitlyn. Fair enough. Caitlyn, is that her name? Yes. Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah, yeah, that that was the best transition. Bruce right. over to Caitlyn. Absolutely. One final question before we uh, we uh, we leave Strike Force 5. Uh, who do you think has had more work done on their face, Seth Meyers or Jimmy Fallon? Ooh, Seth Meyers, 100%. Yeah, that's... Uh, He's got like there's well both of them no lines on their forehead and again maybe this is uh, this is uh, just doctored photo I suppose but I'm gonna assume yes and hold on I'm I'm a little hurt by this a hurt that? by this how is it that I went to hating on women I'm trying to throw what uh, what was your comment exactly I don't think I said Ali please back that comment up what did I say that came across that I was hating on women because I don't think I said anything. I mean, to be fair, you've gone at least a month uh, without saying something misogynistic on this podcast. Sure. I think that's a record. And, and I, I think definitely is. It definitely is a record. Listen, one uh, thing we do is we support and we lift um, all women, you know, so that's why I'm a little I'm, I'm, I'm kind of surprised by that comment from Allie. All right. Well, moving along, Brian, uh, you know. One thing that we really didn't get a chance to miss because we haven't really done it since uh, last fall, but we are just one week away uh, from the opening kickoff of the new NFL season, and that means the return of NFL Locks of the Week. Locks. All right. So can I interrupt that point? Can I interrupt before we get to this? Because I do want to respond. So Ali's response is because all the guests I had to be detrimental to bubblegum actresses, not only disparaging women, but I think like anything women like is less than Um, completely missing the point here. No offense. Um, I literally was picking the worst of the worst type of 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 guests. had I picked a male, I would have been accused of why would why does it have to be a male guest? Why can't it be female? You can't win. The second of all is there are very interesting, fascinating women to be interviewed on these shows. Um, the reason I gave the example of a horrible bubblegum actress is because that is the absolute worst. Um, also could have been bubblegum actor. Uh, Ron, why are you laughing? Because you feel I'm, I'm digging myself deeper, right? I, I feel, feel like that. yeah, I feel like you're not making it better. I feel you're not making it better. So hold on a second. Matt, on- Matt, Matt's in the chat telling us to just move on to NFL locks of the week. All right. First of all, I, I haven't decided which is a better game to play, a better drinking game, whether people have to drink uh, when you say something problematic or they have to drink when you go off topic on something. Went 23 minutes. I think that's, that's, that's pretty good. All right. Well, Brian, as as longtime uh, listeners of the podcast know, we uh, we have been perfect uh, the last uh, 27 years uh, that we have been doing NFL locks of the week. 
Uh, a lot of people felt when they extended the season, maybe we'd, we'd fall off, we'd take a loss or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, we have not. So we are getting ready for week one of the uh, of the new season. Um, I've got one fantasy football team drafted. I'm ready for the following one. Uh, I have one more draft to do on Tuesday night. So, But uh, let's uh, let's pick week one, Brian. Who do you like week one NFL locks of the week? As your champion, Ron, yes. I will let you pick first. All right. Fair enough. Um, well, I am uh, I'm going uh, with my hometown, Philadelphia Eagles. They're on the road. They're playing at New England. Uh, they are favored by four. Take Eagles minus four. And then Seattle opens up the season at home uh, against the L.A. Rams. Seattle minus five and a half. Take that. Lock it up all day, all night. Brian, who do you like? Okay. Um, we've had three weeks of preseason football. Um, I've watched every game. I don't know if uh, if you have, Ron. I signed up this year for the NFL season pass oh, on nice. uh, YouTube Red or YouTube Premium or whatever the fuck they're calling it every time you try to go to YouTube. Um, and and it's ju- it is just so clear to me this week – Chargers minus three over the Dolphins. Listen, Miami had an amazing season last year. They lost most of their front offensive line. Um, Their defense is a year older. Their wide receivers cannot run fast this year. It is so clear. Chargers only three over the Dolphins. You lay those points given the opportunity also. Baltimore Ravens laying 10 over the Texans. Ray Lewis, once again, coming back, just going to be dominating on that outside linebacker role. He will be killing it this year on the gridiron. Take um, uh, the Ravens minus the 10. Texans, you have no shot in hell. Um, You're going to be dead by the end of this uh, game. Uh, Once again, Chargers minus three, Ravens minus 10. Those are my locks of the week. All right. Uh, I, I, I faded out a moment there. Did you make a Ray Lewis reference starting for the for the Ravens? Sure. Why? I, I'm just, just curious. I remembered he was a linebacker. You got to give me a little credit here. I'll give you a little credit without a doubt. I mean, so Brian, I could have said that he was a running back, but. You know what I missed while we were away? Um, I missed us talking about weird and unusual news, and I think there was uh, there was nothing more unusual to see uh, than the fact that uh, Billy McFarland, uh, you remember him from the failed Fire Festival uh, back in 2017. Well, guess what, folks? Uh, it is time for him for a comeback. Uh, apparently, Fire Festival Two is a go uh he posted a video on youtube about a week ago he says that he has written out like a a 50 page plan he is working with the best partners in the world um and apparently it's going to be going back to the caribbean somewhere and uh the initial slate of tickets anywhere from 4.99 to 7999 uh dollars and apparently they have sold out Unbelievable. Yes. Who on, I mean, no offense, but this was, this was pandemic um, when the Fire Festival do, uh, documentary came out on Netflix, correct? Uh, yes, it was. Listen, I, I have such, you know, I, I know a lot of people died. 
putting that aside, um, the, I have such fond memories from the pandemic. Um, Tiger King, um, toilet paper. Um, uh, what was the uh, uh, the refrigerated horse truck? Uh, refrigerated trucks. Uh, uh, I don't want to say hyper, ibuprofen. Ivermectin. Ivermectin, hydrochloroquine, uh, Fauci, like just so many good. One of those was watching the uh, the Fire Festival documentary on Netflix. It was incredible. It was a it was a, a two parter, maybe. Don't remember, not the point. Yeah. Um, but it basically was this guy who decided that he was going to uh, uh, basically incorporate all these influencers uh, from Instagram. And that he was going to um, get them to come to his festival. This was going to be a, a, a music festival for the elite. And he was going to get these influencers to come take videos and content and create content. The problem was, was the fact that he had never put on an event like this. He did not hire anyone who had put on an event like this. And everything that could go wrong did go wrong. Um Lack of housing for those that were coming to stay. This was a, um, a supposed to be a three day event. There were um, there were there, there was literally no place for people to to, to sleep. Um, there was not enough water for people to drink. There was no food for people to eat. Um, if I remember correctly, there were no even um, uh, uh, accommodations for people to return home. It was just a complete shit show. And um, the amazing thing was that this guy. Um, uh, and who did well, well it wasn't Tyga who was the rapper Ja Rule Ja Rule um, Ja Rule was going to be um, uh, his partner on this and they literally had footage um, being filmed of um, the weeks leading up to this festival the you know uh, what was going on during the festival who can forget Andy King <laughs> Andy King would do anything uh, to get bottled water into the area he was willing to. And now this guy went to prison, not for Fire Festival, but um, he was, um, uh, I, I believe he was, he after um, the Fire Festival, when everybody knew that uh, this McFarlane guy was a, uh, a scam artist, he decided to go into the ticket industry and he was selling tickets for events that were not on sale yet that he didn't even have the tickets for. And he was using the money from the sales of those tickets to pay back previous investors from other schemes he had run, just classic pyramid scheme uh, tactics. And that's what he went to jail for. As he gets out within a month, he's announcing Fire Festival 2. Who, Ron, who do you think is stupid enough to buy tickets to this event? I don't know. So just to just to clarify some things here, I tried to pull up the website uh, that I could show it here, but it was, it was slowing down my computer or something. Fear. So there must be a ton of like cookies and and mm -hmm. other stuff running on here. So uh, right now the date is Friday, December sixteenth. Uh, the location just says the Caribbean. I mean that is or the Caribbean depends on how you want to pronounce it. Mm -hmm. uh, so kind of a large area. Um, so they've only sold. So the first one hundred tickets have sold. Those were four ninety nine a piece. Soon to come, Brian, they'll have the next. 400 tickets available for $7.99 each. Then you get to the fire starters level. That's 100 tickets at $1,200. Presale one is another 50 tickets at $1,800. Presale two, another 50 tickets at $2,700. Presale three, another 50 tickets at 
4900 and then your last chance pre-sale will be 26 tickets a very odd number uh for seven thousand nine hundred and ninety nine dollars this guy was feeding people um cheese sandwiches yes for what was supposed to be a um a luxury event he was giving them literally two pieces of bread with a piece of cheese in between and that was only because of the um uh, generosity of the local restaurant industry um that was what the food that they had yeah uh brian uh, I know you like these guessing games we play at times. Awesome. So let's let's discuss merch, Brian, because there's a bunch of merch available. Um, and I will tell you, domestic shipping is included. So how much do you think they're getting for a fire festival baseball cap? Uh, Forty dollars. Very good. Forty dollars. Fire festival T-shirt. Shipping included. Thirty. Yeah, thirty. Sixty dollars. He's charging more for a T-shirt than a than a baseball cap. So fire festival hoodie, the way around. and you oh. can get that in black or yellow. I'm gonna say one fifty. Two hundred dollars. Mm. And fire yeah. festival sweats. Again, if you're gonna get the hoodie, you want to get the matching sweats either in black or yellow. Again, domestic shipping included. What do you put? That I'm gonna go once. Yeah. If the hoodie's two hundred, the sweatpants I'm going to say are one seventy five. One forty. So you're really getting a deal on that. Um, uh, so it just says why can't I you're... just go on T Public and buy a shirt there? Because you know well, somebody's already selling Fire Festival t shirts. Right. Um, so let's see here. So what is what does your Fire Pass get you as as uh, as you buy these things? It gets you one ticket to Fire Festival two. Uh, the Fire Festival presale pass gets you a ticket to Fire Festival as well as immediate VIP access to Fire events, experiences, and community. A VIP pass to Fire lead up events and Fire pop ups. Uh, online community with Billy and the team. I mean, you can't really put a price on that. However. Firefest to date, subject to change, uh, pre-events and pop-ups to be announced, but Fire will host a minimum of four events prior to Firefest 2. I I smell a documentary follow-up coming. Oh, I can't. I, I mean, it, there's there's no way that this that this event gets pulled off. Uh, you can't imagine. No, I, mean, I can't. There's just no way. This is just a, this is a dumpster. F- I mean, ha- had it not been so heavily documented how the first fire festival was, um, I mean, he had no business uh, um, uh, c- not canceling it in, in the weeks leading up to it. He knew. I mean, how is it that you allow um, your customer base to get on planes to fly to an event that you have advertised um, is incredibly um is incredible luxury, is high end, knowing that you have tents for about seven people and the rest are going to be sleeping on the beach. How do you do this? How do right. you not cancel? Like the, the the disrespect for your customer base is shocking. And Ali asked a good question. Do you think the organizers are trolling? Like, I mean, he's still on probation. Yes. Like, so I would think he this actually has to have some chance of coming to fruition and i think that's probably why you're seeing the structure of the pre-sale tickets the way that you are because no one's going to sign a contract with this guy without some significant upfront cash 
So, sure, and he's using the cash from the presale to start to pay. Right. Um, but I would also believe that, like, I mean, he has to start renting um, a, a venue. He has to start making sure the infrastructure is there. That is going to require deposit money. Like right. who? Like, like I think that the bigger question here is not so much who are buying the tickets, but who is investing in this venture. Because Let's, selling a hundred pre-sale tickets is not going to generate the revenue that is needed for a guy who has failed so spectacularly to start putting this kind of event together. Let's do the math real quick. So if he sold if he sold a hundred tickets at four hundred and ninety-nine dollars, right? So you're the 50, calculator noise. <laughs> you're at fifty thousand dollars right there, right off the right. bat, right? Um, you're selling another 400 tickets at $800. That's $320,000. You're selling another 100 at 1,200. So that's 120,000. Um, another 50 at 1,800. I'm going Rain Man on this shit. I don't know about mm -hmm. you. That's another. Uh, that's what $90,000. So I don't want to belabor the point, but you're probably you're you're pushing $800,000 in ticket sales. Sure. So, I mean, you would think that would be enough to, again, I guess the question becomes, if you don't have a venue selected yet, you don't know how many total tickets you can sell. And hopefully he learned his lesson and he'll do this at like a resort or, you know, something along those lines, because part of the problem was he had to bring in like living accommodations for all these people that were attending. Like how, how easy, how much easier would it have been to just, you know, do it at like, you know, Paradise Island where you've got a of ton course. of hotels or, you know, Baja Mar or, you know, Bermuda. One of these places where sure. you, can, you can you can house a few thousand people. Sure. I mean, this is um, listen, this is going to be something that we are going to be following very closely. Um, we have already reached out to Billing McFarland so that we are interested in um, uh, some type of sponsorship deal. I mean, he uh, likes influencers, not, so I can't imagine why he wouldn't like Ron and Brian. You know, we've said, you know, we're 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 not quite ready to to sponsor at the at at, at the um at the first pre-sale tier. Um, you know, we want to see how the the event goes, but we may be um up for some type of sponsorship deal after tier two or tier three of the pre-sale. Um, speaking of documentaries, Brian, what are you watching, or what have you been watching in the last few weeks? Listen, one thing I've been watching, Ron, is Life of Agony. You have, I've been, is, you know, I've been. Sure. I, they, um, uh, I uh, went on tour with them for a uh, better part of about two weeks. Saw them perform nine concerts with uh, Sick of It All, another great New York City hardcore band. Um, rocking my Sick of It All boxing glove shirt. Mm -hmm. um, so right off the bat, you know, while you were home watching TV. I was I was traveling America. I went as as, as far west as Chicago. I'm hitting great cities like Grand Rapids, Michigan, Detroit. Um, I hit Fort Wayne, Indiana, also Indianapolis in, in Indiana. I hit uh, Broken Goblet, friends of the show yes. uh, down there in uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, went up to Poughkeepsie, uh, hit Brighton, Massachusetts. Feel like I'm leaving something out. Um, but uh, so right off the bat, I've been watching Life of Agony, incredible live band. If you ever get the chance to see them, they're coming to a town near you. It's worth getting in a car and driving a couple hours for it. Um, in terms of television, 
What have I watched? There is a terrible show on Apple TV. I forgot the name of it. It's with Tiffany Haddish, um, where she, it is um, a uh, the after party is is really? what it's called. See, um, now, I've it, heard good things about it. Okay, Ron. Um, there's a reason why you've never watched it. Um, okay. I made it through an episode and a half of season one, looked over at my lady and said to her, hey, do you mind if I change the channel? And she said to me, I can't believe you waited this long to do so. It's you know fucking terrible. Season you know one. What's, what's, you know what's interesting to me real quick about what you just said about the after party is uh, there's a pretty large cast Mm -hmm. to the after party correct actors mm -hmm. and actresses uh but you only felt the need to call out one of the actresses on the show she's the main character so okay. um she's also the only the uh she's the actress that i remember her i think she did a fine job it's not it's not her fault that i didn't like the show as ron tries to throw me into another problematic um uh moment it is um it's just so uh uninteresting uh, season one, the, uh, you've got uh, maybe uh, 10 people who are meeting up at their high school reunion, their 15 year anniversary, and one of, uh, one of them dies. Tiffany Haddish plays the uh, you know, smart talking police officer, the detective who's going to come in and solve the murder. And the gimmick on this show is that each episode is filmed from a different character's perspective, but in a different genre of entertainment. So the first episode was supposed to be a romantic comedy. Either, um, unfortunately, it was not either entertaining, nor romantic, nor a comedy. The second episode they advertised was supposed to be done in an action movie style. There was no action. Um, which one I realized this was just going to be a bad TV show. So I did not um, uh, continue uh, watching it. What did I watch, Ron, that I would recommend? Yeah, please. Hi, uh, on HBO, uh, the documentary on the Bishop Sycamore football team, high school football team that played a game on ESPN. What was it? 2019, I believe it was. Uh, yeah, I believe this was this was pre. -pandemic. Oh, no, it was post pandemic. No, no, it was, yeah, it, it had to be post pandemic because they they were all oh, they, they were all getting uh, uh, PPP loans. Um, right. So it was post-pandemic. So we're going to say it was 2021, maybe. Uh, just uh, uh, fascinating. Ron, did you watch it? I did. And it was, um, number one, uh, great, great documentary. Not too long, mm -hmm. not too drawn out. Um, and the uh, the coach of Bishop Sycamore, uh, Roy Johnson, I believe his name is, mm -hmm. um, possibly... Uh, one of the most unhinged individuals that I think you will ever see in any documentary out there. There's nothing worse than um, a con man who has been given an outlet to hype themselves up once they have already come, come crashing down to the ground. Um, you know, and this basically was, what was it, a, a, a three-parter, four-parter? Uh, three episodes. Three episodes. Um, tell the story, Ron. So basically... I'm going to go get a beer while you do that. 
basically, you know, again, Brian mentioned uh, it really, you know, Bishop Sycamore hit the national landscape when they played a nationally televised game on ESPN against IMG Academy, who is really just, uh, I mean, it's, it's a football powerhouse. It's really why it was created. And they ended up, uh, Bishop Sycamore ended up losing 58 to nothing. Um, could have been much worse. I mean, I think IMG took it easy uh, on Bishop Sycamore in the in the second half. So, you know, obviously people are like, how has this team managed to get on ESPN? And as people looked more and more into it, it's like, well, this this is a high school that didn't have a physical building. Like it wasn't, you know, it wasn't even like a charter school. Like these kids were not going to classes. And then people were like, well, these kids don't even look like high school kids. Like these look like grown ass men and, and come to find that, you know, a majority of the players on the team were like between 19 and 22, you know, and, and as you find out in the documentary, you know, these are kids that, you know, played football in high school, mm -hmm. did not really have the opportunities afforded to them to um, go to college. So they, they looked at this as like a, like a, like a prep year to try sure. and get, into a D1 school. And that was what Roy Johnson was selling them on. They were like, sure. you can play for my team. You're, we're, I'm going to get you in a D1 school. Um, the part that I, the part that I felt was incredible in terms of what the documentary accomplished was the story that had been, that was, that was, you know, put out there um, back when the game was played and the scandal was, was that, you know, here was a group of people, a coach, a coaching staff, and, you know, 50 players that, you know, basically lied their way into, um, you know, the national spotlight. And um, what the documentary really accomplished, in my opinion, was humanizing the experience of the players. Yes. Whereas when you were, you know, uh, three years ago or two years ago, when you were watching the game and the scandal and you were like, you know, what is a 23-year-old man doing playing high school football, you know, uh, that's disgusting. You realize that here are, are, are a group of, of young men who have, um, you know, uh, uh, football is their opportunity to climb out of the environment that they're in. You know, they interview, I would say probably what, maybe a half a dozen of the players um, yeah. really goes into detail about what their life was like Um uh, prior to the opportunity to 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 play for Bishop Sycamore, and you realize how um, the worst part of the story here is not that you've got a a coach who lied to ESPN, but you've got a coach who lied to his players and took advantage of um, of people who were uh, desperate for an opportunity for a potential to succeed. Um, he basically had them checking into hotel rooms in their name, um, taking the financial responsibility for the bills and then we're skipping out before, uh, uh, you know, with, before payment. Um, and you realize that not only did he lie just to get national exposure, um, but he, 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 he really ruined these kids lives. Right. So I many mean, he was, them. he was having these kids sign apartment leases in their names and then mm -hmm. never paying any rent. So these kids are getting evictions without realizing yeah. that these evictions go on your, your credit record for sure. an extended period of time. 
Because um, he was basically saying to them, hey, we, we need a place to house these players. Right. Um, what's your credit score? Oh, you, you don't have bad credit. Okay, come with me. We're going to go rent a, an apartment for six players. And, you know, he had he had kids filling out applications for PPP loans and they were granting them, which is a whole other issue on the on the PPP side. But you know what? I, I was OK with this level of PPP fraud um, <laughs> uh, there's because the, the, the stories of the PPP fraud where there were people who um, uh, basically were buying Lamborghinis, um, you know, wealthy uh, uh, Miami business on uh, the Tom so Brady. Tom Brady's getting uh, PPP money was disgusting. The Lakers getting PPP money. Disgusting. Um, these kids scamming the system. Uh, also bad. But, uh, you know, uh, they, they needed the money way more than Tom Brady needed PPP money. But it wasn't even like the kids were getting the money. The coach would say, no, and, but and it spending was it on, you know, and I mean, it was. And when you listen to these kids, like he was really preying on, you know, inner city youth, youth without a lot of support, youth with weakness, families, weakness, weakness in kids. the community. I mean, there was this one kid who in recounting the story, like breaks down and starts crying. And he says, I've never cried before in my entire life. And, mm -hmm. and that for me drove home the fact that these kids have such, such a huge amount of trauma for this entire experience. And then that one kid, the quarterback for Bishop Sycamore, who you think this is going to kind of be a, a feel good where he got signed with what team was it? It was one of the, uh, one of the, Oh, HBCUs. it was one of the HBCUs. It, it was grambling. Grambling University. Yes, Grambling. So here you think, all right, this kid, he's going to get, you know, he's going to have a chance to go play college ball. And then they find out he's connected to, to Bishop Sycamore mm -hmm. and they take his offer away. And, you know, he, he got to a point where he wanted to kill himself. And yeah. in the meantime, you keep going back to this coach who is just laughing and joking and yeah, you know, I'm a huckster. I'm a, I'm a con artist, you know, and just, he ruined kids lives and it's it was it was very like the more i watched it the more you felt about the kids and it's like all right these kids wanted to believe what they were being sold they wanted they, sure. they had they they saw no other way out of the situation that they were in and they hoped that this you know they they took a chance on it and, and he really preyed on that and it's 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 an important thing to watch because number one no one ever realized it was that easy to create a fake school. Sure. And number and two, the thing was, they do there's tell no laws they against just, it. There's, there's no, no laws, laws against, against it. it. They go into significant um, detail about how, um, you know, basically in, uh, in in the state of Ohio, and they do an interview with, an, with a state sports investigator who is working for the Ohio High School um, Association of Sports something. Um and basically it comes out with as long as you can claim some type of affiliation, you're not breaking any law putting together a competitive high school football team. Um, this kid, this guy's mistake was that, um, you know, he, he basically put him, you know, put himself on TV against the very best high school football team. I mean, it, it did expose. I mean, and obviously, uh, you know, any TV documentary is subject to. Um, you know, the editing that the documentarians want to, uh, uh, you know, uh, fit into their narrative. But the very fact that what they were saying was um, this Bishop Sycamore, this is not the only sports team that's put together under the guise of high school athletics. 
right. um, where they are basically saying the sports team is the priority and we are going to assume that the education comes later. Well, right. And, they, and as we, you know, the team that they played against, IMG Academy, you know, they, they make a point in the documentary of saying that's basically how IMG Academy started is it's, mm-hmm. its focus is on football and on sports. But the kids are required to to go and take classes and, and get some sort of education. And then they just got bought out by some some venture sure. capitalist firm for like private equity billion dollars. Sure. I mean, uh, but again, it, it shows that, you know, you I mean. Money has been so big in pro sports for a number of years. Mm-hmm. College athletics has gone crazy. This really drove home the point, too, that even at the high school level, at high-quality high school athletics, mm-hmm. it's it's just as corrupt as the college and pro level. And the, and the kids are making nothing. There's mm-hmm. so much money being bounced around. Like, the idea was that he was going to turn a profit um, running this team – and you look at the kids who were literally at one point they said we were going to Walmart to steal food yeah. because there was no way we were going to eat that day. It's just um, heartbreaking, just heartbreaking that. to watch. Um, did you watch anything else? I'm assuming you did. I mean, I'm still uh, still watching uh, Tulsa King with uh, Sylvester Stallone on Paramount mm-hmm. Plus. Um, that's entertaining. I mean, it's mindless. You know, nothing, nothing revolutionary. Sure. Enjoyable. Uh, second season of Invasion started on Apple TV. Um, so it's about an alien invasion of the planet. Um, liking season two uh, more than season one so far. We're just uh, an episode or two into it. Uh, Do you recommend I, I, I watch season one? And I'll say, I'll tell you this, because one of the things that I've noticed over the past six months is okay. that I ha- and uh, it's something we talked about back um back in July is just how solid Apple TV content has become, at least in my opinion. Um, you know, Silo was a show. Hijack was a great right. show. Um, what was the one? Uh, Blackbird um, was yep. another show that I truly enjoyed. So I kind of feel like, you know, when I see something on the top five of Apple TV, I instinctively want to go watch it. I'm not necessarily a huge sci-fi fan, so I kind of hesitated on Invasion. But um do you recommend it for me? I would say it's good. I would put it probably at the silo level. I wouldn't say it's as good as Hijack or uh, or Blackbird, but I mm-hmm. would say it's 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 a decent show. It's a little slow at times, but I but I liked it. And then I attempted last night to watch on Peacock uh, the Peacock exclusive movie uh, Hypnotic, uh, starring Ben Affleck, Alice Braga. Uh, William Fitchner, directed by Robert Rodriguez. Um, so it's a, a powerhouse lineup and sure. just a horrible movie. Just oh. not enjoyable at all. I turned it off. Now, is that because you minutes. are not a fan of Hala Finley? Uh, no, no. Hala Finley, uh, you know, I didn't really see her. She's not really in the first 30 minutes except in a Polaroid. She plays uh, Ben Affleck's kidnapped daughter. Uh, but just very, like, you can tell. Like Ben Affleck is just there for the paycheck. Like sure. they're not not that he's ever been a tremendous actor, but mm-hmm. just kind of going through the motions in this one. Ah, it's disappointing. Um, you know what show I have started to watch? What's that? Ahsoka on uh, Disney Plus, the new Star <laughs> really? Wars TV show. I'm enjoying it. I know All that right. you know Ali's going to sit there and say, "Oh my gosh, Brian." 
there's a female lead. There's no way that you would give this show a shot, let alone enjoy it. Um, you know, it is, uh, um, it's, it's, it's not, it does not feel as formulaic as the Mandalorian where it's, you know, I've got, I've got to get, you know, baby Yoda to the, to, you know, over to, uh, you know, uh, his training. But first I'm going to fly over to this planet where I'm going to meet a new people and they will right. lead me away. Um, it was just basically, um, I think I've watched three episodes of it so far, knocked them all out this week. Uh, Rosario Dawson, enjoyable. Um, but there is one glaring um, story plot point, um, a moment that I that, that takes place that I absolutely um, uh, have no idea uh, how they're going to... So in episode one, a character gets a lightsaber right through the stomach hmm. and hurt. survives. All right. Now, well, historically, I mean, I a lightsaber through the stomach, that's how Han Solo dies. Han Solo takes a lightsaber right through by his son, uh, Ben Stern. I forgot his, I forgot the character's name. Um, Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren. Lightsaber right through the stomach and the guy holds it, then he pulls it out and Harrison Ford dies. In the first episode of Ahsoka, a female character um, takes a lightsaber right through the stomach. Episode two, she is lying in a hospital bed. So um, uh, maybe uh, there are degrees of lightsaber stabbings. You know what it is? It's it's force healing, Brian. She is stabbed by another female. She is stabbed by a female, and I would hate that the plot line here be that if you are stabbed with a lightsaber by a male, it is immediate death, but a stabbing by a lightsaber by a female is considered um, to be less lethal. I would hate for that to be the narrative that George Lucas is introducing during Ahsoka. Um, But I'm going to say- Many people are already conflicting with, so uh, Billy mentions Han was also pushed off a ledge. Uh, Janelle says technically Han Solo died from falling off the bridge. So I guess maybe it's not the lightsaber. It was more the 200-foot fall. And you know what? That's why we have the comment section open on this show, because it is a perfect way to to um, correct Brian in real time. And I and appreciate was, uh, that. Thank you. This is another one. You recommended this, too. I love uh, that Slow show. Morris is on Apple TV. Did you give that uh, with, a shot? Uh, Gary Oldman. I've, I've started to watch that. I have to get back back into it. I watched the first two or three episodes. So I would agree. Again, it is. it takes a little bit to, to get moving. Uh, and you really have to, you have to give, you have to accept the fact that Gary Oldman's character is just a horrible individual. Sure. Like, there's just but would you say that Slow that. Horses is a slow build? It's a slow burn. Hmm. Mm, Danny. Mm. I enjoy I enjoy the daylights out of it. That's what I've been watching. All right. Brian, uh, should we take a short break here to uh sure. I de- thoughts and get ready all, I, for the second hour? I've got four beverages going right now, and um they need to uh uh leave my body, if you know what I'm all getting right. at. Sounds good. All right, everybody. We're gonna we're gonna take a, a quick five minute break, but we're not leaving you with nothing. We're done, going to do a quick musical flashback. Some of the uh, great numbers we've had on the podcast over the years. Uh, so please enjoy these. I'm claimed he made a deal with the Chinese. No higher tariffs for ninety days. 
the price is gonna be high as a kite by then. I miss common sense so much. I miss Barack. It's lonely cause believe in facts is such a tireless fight. I think it's gonna be a long, long time till we have a president that we can trust. He's not the man his voters thought he was. Oh no, no, no. He's a tariff man. Tariff man pandering to his base all day. And I think it's gonna be a long, long time Till our country pulls its head out of its ass He's not the man to make America great Oh, no, no, no He's a tariff man Tariff man tweeting out lies both night and day Stanley's dead, Stanley's dead, he's not breathing, his skin's red, born in 1922, not a Christian but a Jew, look out, we lost a legend, Iron Man, the X-Men, the Hulk and the Daredevil, wrote for Marvel, not DC, go fuck off, Jack Kirby, hey there, there goes the goat, Stanley. Stanley Lieber wrote for Marvel, that's for sure. Don't forget the thing Captain America brought the bling. Stanley's dead, Stanley's dead. He died on his dark deathbed. He showed up in every flick, showed his face so very quick. Stanley, we won't forget you soon. You never wrote for the good. A, uh, a lot of people running for president on the Democratic side of the ticket so far. It may be tough for you to keep all of them straight. So it's a little ditty that I'm sure um, you'll be singing once you leave here and go home to wherever you come from. Election time back again. 2020 is round the bend. Here's a list of everyone running for the Dems. Joe Biden's grabby, Bernie Sanders crabby. Both are old, would they live through their first term? And you'll get to know the, the lyrics after a while. You can sing along if you want. If you want to have them tattooed. Liz Warren knows her stuff, but is she electable? Most only ask that because she lacks a penis. Same with Kamala, she's a debate brawler. Truth be told, they both have more balls than the rest. Who are we gonna vote for? There is just so many, there's still more than 20. Who are we gonna vote for? They're already debating, Lord, it's so damn grating. 
Cory Booker's vegan. Some say that he likes men, but that lucky bastard dates Rosario Dawson. Governor Inslee, he runs Washington, keeps warning everyone the climate wants to kill us. Castro ran HUD, Beto has become a dud, and they both like to habla espanol. Klobuchar's hanging in, Tim Ryan was first to leave, Bill de Blasio is so goddamn dull. Gabbard's extreme, Yang has its own gang. Budigag sings okay, but nothing rhymes with Budigag. Who are we gonna vote for? Our country's burning and my stomach's churning. Who are we gonna vote for? Come election day, we're screwed either way. Hickin' Luper Delaney, Williamson is zany, Swalwell, Gillibrand, Bennett, and now Steyer. Despite what the polls show, if there's one thing that we know, Democrats will screw it up, which means four more years of Trump. Who are we gonna vote for? Between me and you, is this the best we can do? Who are we gonna vote for? Campaign ads go on and on and on and on. This is a little fade out here, a little dramatic fade out. Ron? Ron, I can't hear you. There we Ron, go. Ron, I can't hear you. We're back for a second hour of uh, oh, yeah. the Brian podcast. A little, uh, little montage of some musical numbers we've done over the years. I think one thing you can say, Brian, uh, we don't let lack of singing ability stop us. No. I would say, um, hold on, this is just offensive here. <laughs> The kindergartners or to you? Janelle said Brian's lyrics are as good as a kindergartner. And yet, Stan Lee is my best song. Uh, so I think I think 2023, um, now that we're back from uh, uh, Hot Podcaster Summer. Uh, you got you to gotta give me a little God bit more of a heads up on no, that. No, no, I don't have to give Matt any heads up. That's what <laughs> Matt is literally sitting there with one button to push. Um. I miss uh, so that last one uh, was when we were live at the Philadelphia Podcast Festival, uh, which has yet to return. They uh, they they stopped uh, doing the festival during the pandemic, and they have yet to return. But it was fun doing a live show. Like God I feel like if we could fig- yes. if we could figure out a way to do that again, um, and there's got to be a way. There's got to be a venue that would be willing to let us come do a show live. Um. Ron, what about your backyard? We well, have I mean, already proven that your backyard are, can handle what? Maybe 35 people? I mean, we'll sell that out within minutes. You would think so. You would think so. Still waiting for the, the work to start back there. Still waiting on some permits. So once what we're permit, done. Hold on. What work are you having done back there? You know, so obviously, obviously you're going to get your colon, uh, you know, it, it got perforated. So you're going to have the work <laughs> back there done. Right, right, right. So we're, uh, we're, we're, we're taking out the existing backyard. We're going to have a little patio, a little pool, um, a little pergola, a little uh, outdoor kitchen area. So it'll be, uh, it'll be good. Maybe we'll christen it with a live Ron and Brian podcast whenever that finally gets done. How great would that be? But I, w- I, would, do a, I would do a podcast back there. Yeah, why the hell not? All right, well, let's By the get, way, I'm uh, just warning Ali. Ali, I'm warning you. Poured another Oh, show. boy. So I broke open a second beer. This is the Neshaminy Creek uh, Rita's Water Ice collaboration uh, with the mango flavored beer. You love uh, Neshaminy Creek. They have Neshaminy Creek. I almost pronounced it. You love that place. 
Um, so actually, so here is the mango. I actually pitched, picked up their Rita's. That's actually, wing. that's, that's a, that is actually real Rita's, um, uh, that in, is, co in collaboration with Rita. That is a literal collaboration with Rita's. There was a Rita's that. in, uh, Brooklyn when I was living there, just on, uh, on the South end of Prospect Park that during the summer, um, it was a common place to, uh, to go to after a night of, uh, uh carousing. All right. Well, let's get into some uh, weird news. Definitely weird, news. weird stuff happened. Uh, we missed some things that we wanted to make sure you guys uh, heard about. Uh, we're going out to Michigan where a transgender woman has demanded her ex-boyfriend return her surgically removed testicles, which she claims he is keeping in a refrigerated jar. Uh, Brianna Kingsley, age 40, of Pontiac, filed an affidavit claiming her ex, William Wojciechowski, wasn't that one of the uh, detectives on Barney Miller? Absolutely, it's Wojciechowicz. Uh, said, quote, retains possession of my surgically extracted testicles preserved in a mason jar kept in the fridge next to the eggs. Uh, this is reported by the Detroit News. It goes on to say, quote, demand immediate return of my human remains specimen and damages of $6,500. This was a handwritten claim filed in Pontiac's 50th Court District, uh, where the amount is the maximum allowed in the small claims division. Um, Wait a second. So you can sue in small claims for your testicles to be returned, but if it were a penis, it wouldn't be in small claims court? Hey, oh, uh, <laughs> this has to be just something these people made up to get in the news, right? Listen, no, Ron, we are entering a new era of legal cases. We are, ex we, we are, as a society, have moved forward. We have embraced the idea that there are multiple genders, that people are not necessarily defined by their genitalia we have embraced the concept that there is something called gender fluidity and as such people are going to be living lives that are not necessarily reflective of boxes that are checked off on their birth certificate as such there are going to be legal cases Unlike ones we have ever seen before, we are going to be going where no man has gone before. And yes, that is a gender insensitive comment that I just said. Um, ooh, the, the, I don't know about you, Ron, but I'm feeling the booze. Um, well, in, in his defense, Wojciechowski says he plans to use Kingsley's filing as proof that she has been harassing and intimidating him since they broke up eight months ago. He told the local news that Kingsley, quote, picked up all her possessions when we broke up. She took everything that she wanted then. He also accused her of harassing him since their breakup, claiming she threatened to hurt him and showed up at his workplace. Um, he also ended up having a personal protective order taken out against her. Uh, it bars Kingsley from buying a firearm and orders her to avoid personal contact and no third contact, no third party contact or social media contact. In addition, back in October 2020, Kingsley pleaded guilty to misdemeanor assault and was sentenced to two months behind bars um, after she pulled a knife on her then roommate, also a trans woman, on Christmas Day. Hold on a second. Yeah. Hold on. I'm not I'm not saying it's okay. But in all of that information, 
I did not hear one denial that this guy is in possession of her testicles. He's saying she's harassing me. He's saying she shows up to my work and yells at me. He's saying that she has, uh, uh, you know, uh, committed this this campaign of aggression towards me. Not one is. I don't even have her testicles. Right. You would think so, if you didn't have someone's testicles, that would be the lead. You'd be like, hey, yeah. You know what? I looked in my fridge, and you want to know how many mason jars filled with testicles I have? Zero. Hey, Brian. I have eggs. I've got Brian. eggs. I've got I've got Brian. a dozen brown, uh, uh, free-range, extra-large chicken eggs. No testicles in there. I was going to say, Brian, uh, in this fridge, your queen's fridge, or sure. your fridge in your new place. Sure. Any testicles? No. No testicles. All right. None. Listen, Ron, I, I guess. Listen, possession Ron, is yes. Ron, how yes. many testicles do you have in your fridge? None. I don't even have my own testicles anymore. That's how long I've been married. Not even sure what that means. That's that's listen. That is insensitive. To, you know, Allie should be typing. There should be smoke coming off of Allie's keyboard right now. I mean, I think she's busy. Uh, she reached. She told me she was reaching out to Amnesty International to uh, file some complaints about you, and I feel that's justified. Well, I, listen, I will take the hit. I understand. There are times where I'll say something that may not be politically correct, but for you, Ron, we have a higher level of expectation in terms right, of I your apologize. behavior. For you to sit there and say that your wife is is in possession of your testicles, that's just rude. It's just wrong. Just wrong. Uh, Brian, Taryn Manning, uh, you may remember her from Eight Mile. And of course. Orange is great actor. Black. If I remember correctly, one of the things that made her such a great actress was that she absolutely refused to be in a relationship with a married man. That she basically said, if you're not available in all ways to me, then I don't want to mess with you. And not only that, but in addition to the fact that she would not, um, uh, engage in any um, uh, romantic activity with a married man was that she also um, had a very strong anti-rimming um, uh, <laughs> uh, 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 agenda that she was absolutely against any level of um, putting her lips or tongue on a man's rectum. Um, that was the thing that made me so proud of Tara Manning. Ron, please update me on Tara Manning. How's she doing today? Well, Brian, I'm afraid uh, I'm afraid I have some bad news for you then, because a couple of weeks back, uh, she posted a 40 second video clip to her Instagram account um, talking about um, her love life uh, and specifically talking about licking a married man's butthole uh, for three nights in a row. Um, we asked Matt to get the video. It has since apparently been taken down. She has also since apologized, but also confirmed that all of it uh, was true. Ron, what does it say about me as a human being that I um, screen captured that video and I have it on my <laughs> phone somewhere? Um, if you want, I can email it to you right now. But when I saw that video from her in her car ranting about how she's been licking this married guy's ass for three days uh, um, and uh, she's going to keep doing it, she might buy him a boat. Um, yeah, I sat there and said, I was like, this TikTok is going to get taken down. I am, I am going to have a copy of it. Yeah, she 
and again, she makes it seem like she makes it seem like she's upset with him. Um, sure. Again, you're not 100 percent sure if she was aware that uh, he was married prior to the butthole licking. Sure. Um, so you feel like maybe that's why she's upset. Maybe she found out. But again, she even says like she seems like she's trying to reveal his identity, but she doesn't. And then mentions, well, I'm driving out to Newport Beach to look into buying him a boat. Sure. Which kudos. I mean, kudos to you for getting that orange is the new black money. So you have that disposable income uh, to buy a boat for a guy. Uh, but then she also she uh, she she said that quote that's what demons do. But don't you think it is? How do I say this? Out of step with the current environment of being a SAG AFTRA actress, where and and I this isn't this isn't a female thing. I don't want people to think that I have a standard of behavior for no. female actors versus male. But the, the, but the union is on strike. Actors are struggling, um, uh, so many of them, because the residual checks based on the current environment are insulting, not enough for actors to continue to be able to afford a lifestyle of being an actor, um, regardless of gender. Um, you know, I know that recently there was a, a, a actress from Orange is the New Black who did make a video where she was posting her 63 cent um, residual checks from the show. Do you not think that it is out of step with the um, uh, the union line to be going on on social media advertising how you're about to you're looking to buy a boat for a married man whose whose rectum you've been licking um, for sexual gratification purposes. What I don't understand is if I'm a married guy and I'm having an affair and then all of a sudden a boat shows up at my house, how am I explaining that to my wife? Cocaine money. You sit there and say <laughs> to your wife, listen, lady, we I, I listen, I love you, but I've been laundering cocaine money for the cartel. I mean, like we all watched um, Ozark on uh on netflix we all understood jason baseman's predicament um to sit there and say to your wife lady i am jason bateman here's our boat um you don't need to lick my ass anymore because i've got someone else doing it don't worry about that you don't <laughs> need to do that anymore um i'm taken care of but here's our boat let's go enjoy it darling it's uh, it's it. There's a lot going on there, and you also realize that you know maybe she wasn't really acting when she was playing these roles. Like when you listen to her in the Instagram, like she's very much like the characters that she was playing in, in Eight Mile and Orange Is the New Black. Um. Okay, I know of three roles that she played. One was, and she was in Hustle and Flow. Those are the only three roles that I know her of of being in. Um. I would say um, none of them are particularly flattering to her as a human being. Um, she plays the down and out very well. Yes. Very well. Good point um, from Janelle. She's surprised that we didn't save this butt licking story for After Dark. Uh, well, we wanted Janelle, to give people Janelle, a little you, teaser to on, see Janelle, what After Dark is all about. Janelle, you can only imagine what we have. If this is what we're doing on the regular show, just imagine what we have lined up for after dark 
You know, one thing I have missed over the past month, Brian, it is reminding people that they can go to ronandbrianpodcast.com and they can click in the upper right-hand corner to sure. become a patron and you can join us live after dark. Uh, we're doing it at, what, 9.30? We do it every Sunday night. Do it 9.30 um, And we give you the Sunday stories. Night. Now, if you thought this story was salacious, you should hear what we cover sure. on After Dark. And then once a month, the final Sunday of each month, uh, we uh, we have a uh, pajama party where we invite all of our Patreon subscribers to join us on air. And we do Can You Beat Ryan or Can You Beat Ron? I think we are up for I think it's a Can You Beat Ron is the next one, right, at the end of September? End of September, we will be doing Can You Beat Ron? Yes. I wore this gray shirt just to show you how much I'm sweating. And as you can see, because we're not doing an After Dark, um, can you be Brian? Not sweating at all. Haven't sweat in this shirt. There you go. Let's see. What other stories do we have here? Brian, uh, one thing that did happen while we were away were the horrific wildfires in Maui that uh, that devastated the sure. uh, the Hawaiian island. There were people that did what they could um, to try and help the people of Maui. Uh, one of them was one of the things that I did was I went down to, um, Hawaii, uh, one of the other islands. Uh, I went down to Oahu and I was licking men's rectums all for, um, uh, them to donate money so we could buy a boat so we could go to Maui and get people, um, who were literally bobbing in the water, um, just for, and bring them to safety. All right. Well, they, there you go. In addition to that, Brian, uh, there was a uh, OnlyFans model and Honolulu resident Mariah Casillas uh, who launched uh, a GoFundMe uh, for Maui wildfire relief. And uh, she uh, she would send uh, donors nude photos. There's a picture of Mariah right there. Uh, but apparently GoFundMe took down her account uh, because it violates the prohibited conduct section and all donors apparently have been refunded. Brian, uh, this feels this hold on. Feels what was she doing me. wrong on OnlyFans? OnlyFans literally. No, no, not OnlyFans. She she is an OnlyFans model, but she did a fundraiser on GoFundMe. So if you oh. donated to her on GoFundMe, she would send you new photos, and that apparently okay. is a no no. Got it. Got it. Um, that I understand. Why wouldn't she just do this? Um, fundraiser on OnlyFans. I mean, obviously, this is a GoFundMe story, which is why this is not on After Dark. Normally, our exactly. OnlyFans stories, we save for After Dark. Lady, ladies and gentlemen, this is the kind of content that we normally save for After Dark. We, we're going to talk about it very differently because we're going to talk about the GoFundMe aspect of it. Well, and uh, so apparently she was up to $7,800 in donations when GoFundMe uh, pulled the plug. But uh, this is what's wrong with society is the fact that GoFundMe is literally being confronted in an environment where we are raising money for Americans, despite what Donald Trump thinks. Hawaiians are Americans who are um, who need our help. And GoFundMe is going to sit there and say, no. Um, you're not allowed to help them in this manner. No. Well, so she did. She did end up taking it over to uh, to her uh, her OnlyFans page. So we'll see. We'll we'll see if she actually. And again, will she actually donate the money to uh, the folks in Maui? We don't know. I'm assuming she's going to. You would hope so. I mean, you would really hope so. Really. All right. What else do we have to talk about this week, Brian? We missed so hopefully many no things. More, uh, hopefully no more butts. 
uh, no more butt stuff. Oh, you wanted to ask me about uh, Philly's naked bike ride. Okay, yes. Yes, yes, yes. One of the things, Ron, and, and you've said to me that, uh, at times that you feel um, uncomfortable on this show where I ask you to defend everything Philadelphia. Right. You know, there are times where, you know, uh, as – as loyal listeners of the show remember, Ron does not live in proper Philadelphia, but he is close to it. Many Very people close. will sit there and say, oh, Ron, you're a Philadelphian. You're a, a Philippian. You're a Phillyite. Um, he is not. He may enjoy a Philly cheesesteak. He may enjoy a higgy or rice. But one thing he will not do is pay um, the city of Philadelphia any local taxes. Um sure. However, I will say, Tina Belcher, butts, butts, butts. What is that a reference to? Isn't Tina, oh, hold on, wrong comment. Tina Belcher, wasn't she the younger daughter on Family Ties? I cannot believe that that young she, blonde She girl, is actually the older daughter on Bob's Burgers. I've never watched an episode of Bob's Burgers. I did watch a lot of episodes of Family Ties with Tina Yates, Tina Yotes, Tina, Tina Yothers. Tina Yothers. Close. Um, and but, Ellie brings uh, up a good point. Uh, literally, no one would say any of what you said. Listen, I'm going to say this. Ali's wrong sometimes. There's an example where she is completely correct. Um, <laughs> however, I will always sit there and say to you, Ron, there's something strange about the city of Philadelphia. Defend yourself. And here well, we have a perfect example of it. Um, recently, um, Philadelphia and Philadelphia Inns and Philadelphiaites participated in the 14th annual Philadelphia Naked a Bike Ride. Hundreds, if you would. Um, it's an eye-catching annual affair that started in 2009, revealed itself as an event to promote body positivity, cycling, and fossil fuel education. The event seems to encourage riders to go oh natural as they go oh natural against gasoline. Um, organizers stress there are no constraints and participants are able to go as bare as they dare for a roughly 13 mile journey. Ron, why do you think this event takes place in Philadelphia and in no other major metropolitan area? Um, you know, I think it's because, you know, we we are as open minded as we are. We are the city where this nation was founded. Uh, we basically created freedom in Philadelphia. Uh, I believe uh, Elton John even sang Philadelphia Freedom, even though he was from the UK. Um, so, you know, again, this is this is like you said, it promotes body positivity. It's it's a great way to see the city. People saw the Philadelphia. Oh, you're seeing the city, art. my friend. They saw you are City Hall. The they city. saw Rittenhouse Square um, and then finishing up at Independence Hall. A very good comment from Allie here. Uh, apparently, some people rent their bikes, which, yeah, uh, make sure you desanitize uh, that bike seat prior to returning it. Uh, but Ron, what's, where is, what Ron, is your where is, issue, Brian? Ron, what is your issue I'll with freedom? Issue. What is your issue with America, Brian? Ron, my issue right here is, is summarized in this photo right here. Where is the ethnic diversity? Where are the different colors of the rainbow that 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 I would literally expect? there's literally a, a black person right in the front of the photo there, Brian. Okay, 
you pointed one out of hundreds of people in I'm this photo. Saying. I see one uh, African American, and I see nothing but white people who are all. I can I could just see it. The cheese whiz is just coming out of all their <laughs> pores. Um, that woman over there is literally eating a soft pretzel while she is riding her bicycle. This is nothing but white people um, uh, just being out there in their underwear. Um, is uh, why? Why would you do this? Um, what is the? Uh, don't you guys have a uh, a, a, a parade, a mummers parade? We have the mummers parade on New Year's Day. Yes. Okay. Now that's something I can get behind. Can you? Well, I can get behind that. I don't want to get behind this bike ride. I mean, Jesus Christ. Janelle brings smell. up a good point. You don't know if some of these people are Hispanic, Brian. Brian, you don't know. You are you are skin tone shaming people in this picture. And Listen, it's disturbing. One of the things it is very one of the disturbing things, to me. Ron, Ron, if I may please have the floor. One of the things that I can Why don't I can, you have the floor. I can I can um I am proud. I am proud to embody. Put that picture back up. Um, is the fact that as a resident of New Jersey, um, I have come to embrace all the shades of human flesh. I am, I'm embracing the whites, the pinks, the browns, the, 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 the mochas. Um, there are so many different shades. And what bothers me here is in this photo, I am seeing nothing but uh, uh, untanned white people. And that is something that I cannot uh, even appreciate is the fact that in New Jersey, we have all the shades of humanity and this photo represents none of them. Fair enough. Fair enough. Real quick, because uh, sure. we we mentioned this bike race went by the Philadelphia Museum of Art. So uh, apparently the city of Philadelphia rented out the steps of Philadelphia Museum of Art recently for some advertisement. There's a new Marvel movie or show coming out called Blue Beetle. And so they they put the ad. So like if you were standing in front of the steps, you saw the ad on the front of the steps. And right. people lost their fucking minds over that. Why? Because like, like, as oh, in like people showed up to, to take photos with the Marvel ad or this was like considered no, people. Well, sacrament. people showed up because obviously so like you've got the Philly, you've got the Philly steps where Rocky ran up. You've got the Rocky sure. statue there. So you get so many um, you get so many tourists coming there. So the tourists were upset because they were trying to take photos of the steps. And now there's a big sure. ad there. Local people were upset um because you know these are the, the philadelphia museum of art steps which apparently sure. people don't realize they're not the museums of art steps they belong to the city of philly which is why they're able to rent sure. them out now how much do you think it should cost to rent out the uh the philadelphia museum steps for a one-week ad campaign three hundred thousand dollars twenty eight thousand dollars a bargain, right? Like I feel like they should become the Ron and Brian podcast steps. So I, we will be starting a GoFundMe to raise twenty eight thousand dollars for the Ron and Brian Ron and Brian podcast to take over the Philadelphia Museum of Art steps. I'll, I'll sell feed picks. I will literally sell feed picks um, online, people. Uh, for it, all, if all we need is twenty eight thousand dollars, I mean, I'll take a second mortgage. I'm recently a homeowner, Ron. Um, so <laughs> you've got I, I equity think, now. I've got equity. Um, hey, baby, we're taking out a loan. 
Um, I say we I say we do this. I say we get the steps. This is how you go viral, Ron. And it each is. step, it's- I think, is a different spicy headline that we've we've featured on the show. And can I just say, after having just seen the bottom of your feet, I hope you were cleaning that apartment before you move, because otherwise you're not getting your uh, deposit back. Oh, no, no. We will be um, uh, swiffing and swiffering and, and wet jetting. Um, yeah, we will be cleaning the floor. All right. Uh, However, Brian- Ron, I will also say that there is a thriving industry for dirty feet websites. Well, I'm 100% sure of that. It, listen, there are there are many, many kinks out there. Um, and and people just need to realize that. Brian, Krispy Kreme recently had to apologize after accidentally showing a slur in a new uh, ad campaign that they had. Uh, apparently, this was an ad that they put up on uh, YouTube. Um, and so it was uh, it was a campaign that features four spots that aims to make Krispy Kreme donuts the star of celebrations like sports events, uh, birthday parties, major life events. So what? they had uh, they had the donuts replace the letter O in words like footy, uh, movie, hooray. Uh, but apparently the uh, the word congrats popped up at one point, and with the uh, the flip of a couple of donuts. Um, they actually spelled out C-O-O-N, which uh, some people no. feel some people took some uh, some offense. No, oh, wait a second. So there, so a donut came in between the O and between. Wait, well, see, there's a there's a powdered donut there that was in the yeah. word congrats, and then a, right. a regular donut comes in. So yeah, it spelled out a uh, a uh, and this was in uh, this was uh, apparently an Australian ad campaign. Uh, but yeah, it uh, it did not go over well. You know, and at the same time, as offensive as offensive as this story is, I could truly go for a donut right now. Like a is fresh, there a fresh glazed donut when when a Krispy Kreme original mm-hmm. hot off the uh, the conveyor yep. belt? Could you yep. not eat six of those? Have you not eaten six of those? I have eaten six, but lately at this point, um, especially now that I'm on cholesterol medication, I limit myself to three. Sure. But I remember back in the day, we used to be able to put down, God, the stuff we used to eat. I'm going to say this. I remember, and now I'm going to go back uh, probably about 20 years ago. um, I literally had a coworker of mine, and what we would do is we would just – uh, as soon as soon as somebody brought donuts into the office, we would have a uh, an unverbal, unadvertised contest to see who could eat more. And it would just as soon as you hit six was when you started bragging. Right. So I, I would just send her an email and just be like seven. And then like two hours <laughs> later, she'd send me an email and be like nine. And it was just like we would just sit there and just eat so many fucking donuts. But your body can handle it. I mean, now it's yeah. like I have, I have a couple donuts. And it's a, but God Damn, a fresh Krispy Kreme, especially when they're still warm. There right. is a Krispy Kreme in Manhattan. I want to say in the Times Square area, it might be like 46th or, or whatnot, where you literally see the conveyor belt of the yeah. donuts going into the glaze and coming off. And if you show up there at the right time, you can say, oh, you know, I want the donuts off the belt. And they will literally take them and put them in the box. Ah, so fucking good when when the donut is still warm 
but the glaze on the outside has already hardened. Yeah. And it just, you just take, you bite into it and you can actually feel as your tongue is pressing up against the upper ridge of your mouth, the, um, the donut being squeezed in and you feel the warmth of the donut with the sugar just kind of like, oh, it must be what's, what giving a blowjob's like. <laughs> nice. Yes. And it feels like you're not eating anything at that point. Oh, it's, it's air. It's just air. It's like eating, you know, have you seen the, the, uh, the video online of the raccoon with cotton candy? where it drops yeah. it in water and then it disappears and it's sitting there. It's got, it's like, it, you know, you're eating something. It's sweet, but there's absolutely no um, uh, uh, physical uh, embodiment of it. Just good stuff. I remember when, when I first went to college down in on Stony Brook, we had a white castle and a Taco Bell next to each other. And we used mm. to just get as many, white castles and fries as we could afford. And then as many sure. tacos as we could afford. And we would just go to town. The fact what that I'm still alive go-to? amazes me. What was your, your, your record for white castle burgers? And I'm assuming there were cheeseburgers. Um, Did no, you go I double? Go, I, I wouldn't go cheeseburger. I would go just regular burger, you know, buns, no pickle. I'm not a fan of pickles as we, as we all know. Um, I think I probably did 20 White Castles in a city. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. I could. I, it, and the thing is, relatively speaking, I, you know, when you are at an age where your body can digest that shit, it's really not a lot. And then I could do I could do a box of 10 tacos. No problem. I was never I, I never got into Taco Bell. It was Which never a thing that like I, I just you know like would go crazy for. But White Castle was literally I would walk in, I'd be like, yes, um, give me a dozen double cheeseburgers. And I remember and then I, I would eat most of them and then I would start to get sick. I want to go probably like five years ago and I forget where I was. I was at a conference for work and I'd gone to a networking event and had a, a lot to drink. And mm-hmm. so I'm walking back to the hotel and there was a white castle on the same block as my hotel. And it's like midnight and I'm drunk. And um, at that point, were you alone? Know, or were the- I was alone. Yeah. 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 And I was alone. I'm like, it's, I'm like 40 something at that point. And I'm like, you know what? I need some white castles and I need some fries. And I, I remember eating them and I'm like, this is not as enjoyable as I remember. And then I woke up the next day and I'm like, Oh, that was such a bad idea. It was yeah. so such a bad idea. Yeah, um, I I think the 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 sad part about um, uh, getting older is that as you're eating the White Castle, you're realizing that this isn't the um, the experience that you had hiked up as you right. were approaching the White Castle. Like White Castle in your twenties is literally um, the uh, the apex. Of um of of bad drunk food, um you know and, and the thing is we've all been drunk teenagers we've all been drunk you know twenty year olds a slight you know a, a slice of, of pizza with extra cheese ah you're never gonna go for it um a slice of um uh you know uh, of of buffalo chicken pizza or um uh, you know plate of disco fries. Um, right. That's a Jersey thing, Ron. I'm not sure you're familiar with disco fries. <laughs> I know that's what, what we do at Jersey's. But like, but it's such bad. Like when you're eating, um, uh, like that bad drunk food, uh, buffalo wings. That's another one where yeah. you can just you know put them away when you've been when, when you've been eating it. 
Um, wild. But like you just said, you as you get older, you try to recreate that experience. And as you are halfway through it, in the case of White Castle, you realize you're like, this isn't what I remember it to be. No. Wait, not that, enjoying and, and then, this. And I also am, I, I know that I'm experiencing the beginning of discomfort, which is going to be magnified in about 12 hours. And then you wake up and you literally have your, 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 we've all, listen, you and I, I know you, you're, you've been on the road. I don't spend as much time on the road as you do professionally, but um, I know what it's like. You wake up in a hotel room, you, wake up you're you've got a pounding headache yeah you 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 smell something that you know your room should not smell like you look <laughs> over to the um the uh the tv stand and you look at the table and you see a white castle bag and you realize that there were burgers that you never got to you never finished that it's just the onions are just permeating the space and the grease and you realize that you are going to evacuate yourself in a way um, if you can make it to the bathroom, great. But no matter what comes out of your body, you will not feel better for at least another seven hours. Right. Let's get to some comments here. Billy says Krispy Kreme needs to apologize for closing their Ben Salem location. I would agree with that. I was at uh, I was at Broken Goblet on Friday night. Um, and driving home, we uh, we went uh, the way that Krispy Kreme would have been there, and it was Krispy Kreme with a drive-through, which is even better because if you're a lazy fuck, you can just get Krispy Kreme sure. through the drive-through. Uh, now it's like a bank. Can, can we talk about how Billy shows up to Broken Goblet and does not bring donuts like he used to? I mean, you can please do. He, I remember he used to. He always used to stop at his, that Tim Hortons sure. uh, as he would make his way down. Are you saying he did not? Bring Tim Hortons to uh, Broken Goblet. It was noted. It wow. was noted that Billy was there and there were no donuts for, for, for others to enjoy. It was. And then Janelle mentioned she recently had a chopped cheese sandwich and will never have one again. Um, that's one I've always seen, but I, I mean, it seems I've had like a, something I've had that, a few. I've how, had a few. I mean, what's them. your take on them? It seems like something that should be good, but it also seems something that could be like too greasy and heavy. It all depends on where you go. Um, I recently was in Detroit and ordered a chopped cheese sandwich um, and uh, had the uh, feedback to the it was funny because um, we were in Detroit. We ordered um, we were at a, a sandwich place. The lady said you recognize she recognized our New York accents, if you can believe that I was there with my friend Christopher Saletti and um and she said, oh, you guys, you're, you guys sound like you're from New York. We're like, yes, we are. And she was like, well, you know, can you give us some feedback on our chopped cheese? And my comeback was, um, after eating it, was just like, you need more ketchup. You need more mayonnaise. It was not messy enough. You want a very messy sandwich. And what I said was, um, it's all a matter when it comes to the chopped cheese of just like how greasy is it? If you can get one that's not too greasy, it's perfectly fine. Um, but once again, just like White Castle, it is a sandwich for the younger. Um, yeah. You know, you've got to be able to digest that shit. And at this age, it's like, you know, I, you know, I'm looking for fiber and grains and, vet and you know, vitamin content. Um, ooh, that's rough. Absolutely. And, uh, rough. Nice and sunny said she realized she still never had a White Castle. 
Um, I, mean, I would is, ask her is, if she's ever had crystal. It's very, you know, in New Orleans, it's it's it's, it's okay. a very similar co- uh, concept. They are sliders. They are square burgers. They are cooked with the um, onions um, underneath. But they're steamed, so though, so it's a, that's a little bit different. Not a lot of places steam their burgers. Very similar, but they're but you know it's the same kind of like you know size content. Um, you can eat multiple of. Them. Have you had crystal burgers? I don't think I have. No. You should get down to New Orleans. And I've recently the started. A, I've recently gotten into making smash burgers. That's like my new thing. When I when I make burgers, and? I'll make a smash burger. Love them. They're fantastic. Do you do the double? Uh, I don't do a double. No, I do. A, I do a single. You know, I'm trying to trying to you know stay slim. Trying to trying to continue to stay healthy for you, Brian. Because I have know you, you wouldn't want to do the show on your own if I were to have a heart attack. I couldn't. I mean, I, I it, without you, Ron, I would do an hour and, and, and 48 by myself and it would be no fun. <laughs> it would be no fun. I understand. Uh, what are your thoughts on it? You like a good smash burger? Um, I, you know what? I don't know that I have experienced a true smash burger. Like the closest okay. I've been to a smash burger is kind of like a, a, a Shake Shack. You know, they could be the same kind of concept. But like watching the um, Smash Burger community on TikTok, oh, I absolutely nice. like where they, they 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 put the onions down on the grill first. They cook them. They put the burger on top, smash it down, and really get it nice and thin so that you get that crust on the bottom. Yeah. Flip it over, put a little mustard on it, and it sounds so um, it sounds nice and good. So um, I. Uh, uh, would like an, inv- an invitation, you know, maybe over uh, uh, Happy Halloween, perhaps taking place October twenty first at Broken Goblet. We may be in attendance there. You never know. Depends. It depends. Depends if we can get tickets. It's very popular. Maybe. They only sell six hundred and sixty six of them. So you got to You got to get your tickets right away. And also, um, just like uh, uh, Taryn Manning, I mean, no, I'm just kidding. I was going to go. <laughs> Brian, one thing I missed. What did I you didn't miss, miss it. I, I was I was keeping an eye on it. Is I was watching the news for the month that we were not doing this podcast, and sure. I was waiting. We both I was waiting to see the plethora of uh, drag queens that were being arrested uh, yeah. for molesting children. Because as we know, Brian, uh, it's the drag queens that are drag queens the are the problem, Ron. However, we did not find that. We did, however, see a story really? about a former Las Vegas private school athletics and student leadership director who has been accused of having a sexual relationship with a former student uh, for four years. Um, this is 34-year-old Caitlin Glover, who formerly worked at Mountain View Christian School. She faces felony lewdness with a child and charges of being a school employee in a position of authority while engaging in sex with a pupil over the age of 16. Uh, apparently, the student claimed in June 2022 to have had sexual contact with her. Um, apparently, they were in a sexual relationship between December 2017 and September of 2021. After that's, that's a started, long time. That's a long time um, after the two started messaging on the social media app Snapchat. Of course. I mean, so much, so much wrongdoing takes place there. It does. Uh, in addition, Brian, we've got a uh, a teacher uh, in Brown Deer, Wisconsin, uh, a woman who worked as a teacher at a Wauwatosa school, 
is accused with having sex with an eighth grade student and buying him a gun. Uh, According to a criminal complaint, um, hold on, Taisha Bolden, age 34, she worked as an eighth grade teacher at Pilgrim Lutheran School um, on July 25th. The mother of the eighth grade student reported to Brown Deer Police that her son had taken a relative's car. Okay, I guess if you're eighth grade, you just take a car uh, and maybe staying at the residence of his teacher. The mother also told police she suspected the two had a sexual relationship after finding text messages and explicit photos on her son's phone. So disappointing. Um, So uh, so the 14 year old student was stopped by police while driving in the car. They found a Gen 5 Glock 19 gun along with an iPhone. Uh, A trace on the gun revealed it was purchased uh, by the teacher back on June 17th. That's you know, Ron, I asked Ron, I asked you to buy me a gun and you said no. (laughs) You know, I, I just feel like you're not old enough yet. And maybe you will you will get to a point where I trust you, uh, but not quite yet. Um, you don't Tennessee, think I'm ready for it. Almost, almost. You 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 own property now. You have equity, so it's a start, and then we'll sure. we'll, we'll take it from there. Uh, a Tennessee high school teacher who'd been awarded Teacher of the Month has been charged with statutory rape after allegedly having sex with one of her students, Casey McGrath, the 28 year old geometry teacher at Chattanooga Central High School, was suspended without pay in March after a months long investigation into alleged quote inappropriate physical contact with a student. Um, she is apparently at least 10 years older than the victim. Uh, she was arrested on August 18th and is out on release after posting a $10,000 bond. Let me see. I'm going through all these stories, seeing if I can find a, uh, a drag queen here. And I'm sure, Ron, oh. they are drag queens are the problem. So I'm sure that you've got some stories for that. I think we got one here. Oh, no, I'm sorry. This is a Florida softball coach who was arrested over several sex crimes involving an underage player. Uh, Tampa resident Matthew Galhouse, age 40, was arrested for sexual battery of a victim between 12 and 18 and sexual activity with a teenage victim. He was also charged with stalking, uh, promoting sexual activity with a victim 16 years or younger and traveling to meet a minor. So concerning because I, I'm just I if you're telling me these stories like I just know like what type of drag queen stories are you saving up to basically highlight after all of this? Uh, let's see is this one. Hold on. Let me click on this link here. You added Uh-oh. this one. Uh, nope. A 37-year-old Virginia mother was charged with indecency this week after police caught her naked with missing with a missing 15-year-old boy whose twin brother she is also accused of abusing. Um, Ashley Watts uh, was initially arrested by police when they came to her Chesapeake, Virginia home in July looking for the teen, and she asked them to wait outside while she put on a bra and let her dogs out. Who let the dogs out? Um, so she was charged with contributing to the delinquency of a minor. Uh, they have also been upgraded to include three counts of indecency with a minor um, for having uh, the relationship with both brothers. Both brothers. Mm. And then uh, let's finish off with this one, Brian. Uh, a, uh, 
A Long Island high school teacher was arrested and charged with raping a 16-year-old girl over the course of four months when she was his student. Uh, William Spurf, age 60, was hit with four counts of rape in the third degree and sure. seven counts of criminal sex acts in the third degree, all felonies over the encounters that allegedly occurred uh, from June 2020 to October 2020. The drag Brian, queens, Ron. The drag queens. The drag where queens. are the drag queen stories? Give me some more. Where, where, what stories do you have about the drag queens and the grooming of the children and like how we have to protect the children? I don't have any, unfortunately. I what? don't have any. What do you mean? Um, but like, but like, we have to stop the drag queens. That's what the Republican Party are doing. Apparently the not. They're telling us the drag queens apparently are the ones not. that are like. So, uh, quick question for you. We while sure. while we're uh, we're we're getting to the end of hour two here. Uh, so apparently, Alice Cooper, yeah, is facing cancel culture after cancel. opposing apparently for opposing trans surgery for kids. Yes. What are your so, thoughts on uh, that? Well, I'm trying to. What What did he say exactly? Because I've heard a lot of. I things. think in a concert he basically got up there and said, "Listen, a boy is a boy and a girl is a girl. Let's." Well, he all also move okay. On. So he he apparently also did an interview with Stereo Gum, uh, where he said, "Quote: I'm understanding that there are cases of transgender, but I'm afraid that it's also a fad, and I'm afraid there's a lot of people claiming to be this just because they want to be that." I find it wrong when you've got a six-year-old kid who has no idea. He just wants to play. And you're confusing him, telling him, yeah, you're a boy, but you could be a girl if you want to be. Mm -hmm. I mean, he does say, I think it's so confusing to be a kid, it's even confusing to be a teenager. Now, again, Alice Cooper is 75. So if you are... He's on tour right now with Rob Zombie. If you are expecting him to... That's like saying, Grandpa, what do you think of transgender people? And being sure. shocked when maybe he doesn't understand the concept. And right. that's, I mean, again, I, I get where his comments were offensive and hurtful to people. But mm -hmm. I, I think he is, I feel like he's speaking more from a place of ignorance than than hate or disapproval. I mean, okay, what's your, yeah, what's no, your no. thought? This isn't, this isn't coming from a place of hate. I think this is coming from a place of... Um, you know, kind of highlighting exactly what the world view is from somebody that was born in the 1950s. Um, you know, uh, not to say that they're out of step with the current world, but it's just, you know, um, you know, people are, you know, there's, this is, it's a different world than what existed 70 years ago. And to sit there and ask a 70 year old, Hey, what is your, um, you know, how do you view the world right now? They're going to say, hey, things that the young kids are doing nowadays is pretty fucking weird. I'm sure that if you asked a 70-year-old in 1973, hey, what are your thoughts about Alice Cooper and his live show? I think they would have sat there and, I, and had a lot of choice words about how relevant Alice Cooper was to True. what was, you know, what, what, what the world traditionally was. I think there would have been a lot of comments about, well, is he a boy or a girl? Why does he have, um, you know, what's with the long hair and, and, and the flowy shirts? You know, um, you know, what's with the name of Alice? Is his name Robert or Billy? Because, you know, uh, you know, a boy with the name of Alice. And I'm going to think he's, you know, uh, gay. Like, maybe also, you have to kind of acknowledge that life, you know, the world we've, we're, we're interacting is just different. 
Yeah, what, what's interesting is is he also had signed a uh, partnership deal a couple of weeks back with uh, Vampire Cosmetics, uh, which they have since canceled after his comments. But here but he got canceled. Man, you have a man signing a contract with a cosmetics company, which back in the seventies would have been unheard of. And now, I mean, he's benefiting from you know the change in social mores, but he's also talking down about transgender. So I mean, maybe there is something to it. You know what Alice Cooper's real name is, which I didn't realize? Vincent Damon Bernier. Yeah, sure. You didn't know that? I, I was not aware. Okay. All right. Hey, who are these people? Who are all these people? Who? Hey, who? What who about these, these airplane food? Hey, do you ever lose a sock in a dryer? What? Hey, did your ex-boyfriend ever keep your testicles in a mason jar in the fridge? Hey, who are these people? Hey, uh, what hey. else we got, Brian? What other stories do you want to get to before we? Well, uh, we you know, we got other or... people. Um, we uh, we got other people that got canceled. Who else got canceled, Brian? Who else got canceled? Uh, oh, Jimmy the Buffett. Guy... Oh, sorry. Well, Jimmy Buffett passed away. I mean, as far uh, as celebrity obituaries, uh, yes, Jimmy Buffett passed away at the age of seventy. No, 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 don't, no, no, don't move on. Who is it that got canceled that you want to talk no, about? The, the, Joe the, the plumber. Dude... Joe the no, plumber the, from the night from no the the guy from the Spanish soccer federation. Oh, so we got to talk about that dude. We got to talk about that dude because so okay. Spain, so Spain. Let me tell, let, let, let me see. Let me tell you my version of this, and you tell me how accurate I'll, I am. I'll sip a little water. Sip your water. Um, enjoy your uh, your Negroni. Um, so uh, Spain in the uh, uh, women's World Cup. Now, everybody was sitting there saying this was going to be America's year. America is going to win the female World Cup. We got our ass handed to us by Sweden. If I remember correctly, U.S. got knocked out in the quarterfinals on penalty kicks because Megan Rapinoe was not good whatsoever, um, did not perform. And I also think that it was a reminder to America that we are not the... um, we're not the team of destiny when it comes to sports that we have to acknowledge that there are other countries um, where they are putting in an effort to produce um, fine athletes. So America gets knocked out and America and every uh, every uh, American cares less about the Women's World Cup. Um, it goes to the finals where it is Spain and England. Spain defeats England because we all know that the Spanish Armada will always take out the Queen's Navy and the sun will have set on the English Empire. So uh, Spain wins World Cup. We now have the um, uh, celebration, the the ceremony at the end. Um, All the women who participated on the team are enjoying the fact that they have basically hit the, um, the competitive apex of their career. And the male head of the Spanish uh, Soccer Federation, football, as you would like to call it. Luis um, Rubiales. Sure. Um, He is standing up on the podium congratulating a variety of players, various players, depending on how you want to say it. And he is kissing all the different women. I believe he kissed multiple, but there is one woman that is – who has gone on record as acknowledging 
that she did not give consent to be kissed by this man. He kisses her and has um, created quite the uproar in the sports world um, by the woke journalism who have sat there and said, you um, uh, as a male in uh, the year 2023 cannot simply approach a woman and feel that is your God-given right to give her a kiss. I mean, well, who does he think, think he is? Think, Richard Dawson? I think the issue was he, so he grabbed player Jenny Hermoso by the head and kissed her on the lips. Sure. I mean, I, when I met Jenny Hermosa, I remember sitting there. Um, uh, she had just recently uh, finished playing Boca Juniors, uh, the female team. And I remember walking up to her and saying to her, hey, congratulations. I offered my hand um, as a congratulatory gesture. And she walked up to me and she slapped my hand away with her backhand, walked right up to me, grabbed me by the side of my cheeks, pulled me closer and tongued me for at least eight seconds. I feel like that didn't happen. That did not happen. <laughs> but this guy, now this is really the outrage, is the fact that the, the, um, the sports journalism world immediately pointed out to this guy, hey, dude, you can't do that anymore. That's wrong. You owe this woman an apology for violating, um, for violating her... Um, uh, her body, um, and his his he refused to apologize. Right, and now he's got a uh, he's got a criminal investigation uh, opened against him. Um, and in addition, now his his wife, I'm mean, not his wife, his mother apparently uh, reportedly locked herself in a church and has declared a hunger strike. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I think he's got to apologize. You would think and resign. Like I mean, it's it, yeah. it's inappropriate behavior. I, I well, it's not even. In, I mean, it's beyond inappropriate. It's the idea that it's just so out of touch with what is considered acceptable. Should we uh, right. should we hit some celebrity obituaries and then wrap? Got to make it. You got to make it quick, Ron. I got to prepare All for right. after dark. All right. Uh, obviously, most recently, uh, Jimmy Buffett passing away at the age of 76. Um, Brian, you were a huge fan. You're going to you're going to pay a little tribute. Wasted away again, Margarita Vilder. Uh, so he passed away on Friday, uh, living Searching with Merc for my native tongue. So he uh, he lived with Merkel cell skin cancer, which is a Merkel uh, rare cell carcinoma in my blood. It's a rare form of skin cancer that has a high risk of recurring and can metastasize within two to three years of being diagnosed. Um, it's they, five uh, o'clock somewhere, or is just that my cancer speaking? Um, they do say on his website to uh, keep track. He will be. Uh, they will have his body lying in state in the no. gift shop of Margaritaville's um, around the country. So keep an eye out. I swear to God, I believed you. I was like, oh my god! Like in Key West, are they putting his body in state? Like, is that how like insane they are about it? And then I was like, oh my god! And then you started. And then I realized it. Fuck. And they don't. When was the last time you were in a Margaritaville? 
Um, ironically, I was there uh, a few weeks back. Uh, there was one when we when we went down to Atlantic City for the weekend with the Jardies. Um, there was a Margaritaville in the hotel and then a Landshark bar, which is part of Margaritaville across the way. So we had a few beers. Actually, we had lunch. at What the, hotel were you in? Uh, we were at resorts in Atlantic City. I cannot fucking believe you went to Atlantic City, a town your wife refuses to go to the same week that I was going to be in in uh, in, in Broken Goblet. That is yeah. just offensive. Sometimes Who else died, are... Ron? I feel like we got uh, one let's more. Let's see here. Uh, we got a few more. Bob Barker passing away at the age of 99. I mean, again, not a uh, not a shock. I mean, I think no. people were surprised that he was still alive. But um, some people just, did score one point in the Ron and Brian death pool. Don't don't let's true. let's not forget that death pool is still around. Billy is um uh, Billy has been in this position before. Yeah, where it is in the um, late in the second half of the year. Billy is in the lead on our death pool. Um, you know, in the past. Listen, it's one of the beauties of this pool is that you can get somebody who's worth 40, 50 points and jump in. Um, it's great. It ain't over till it's over, without a doubt. Nope. Uh, let's see. Uh, conservative activist Joe the Plumber dying Fuck at him. age nah, 49. But the thing Doesn't is, when when, uh, when he first popped into the news with uh, during the Obama administration, sure. I thought he was in his 50s then, but he died sure. at 49. He was in um, his 30s. And then this was kind of sad. A uh, former WWE champion Bray Wyatt uh, passing away unexpectedly at the age of 36, apparently getting COVID, uh, which exacerbated a cardiovascular, a, cardi a cardiology issue that he had, and he ends up dying of a heart attack in his sleep at age 36. It's a shame. It's real sad. It is. Um, what else do you got, Brian? Anything else? Or are we, uh, I mean, we've done two hours. And we've done a two hour show. I think this is enough. I think, you know, I, I know I need to lay down um, and prepare for After Dark, which is coming up in 26 minutes. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are not a member of our Patreon well, community, you are missing out. Every week, not only do you get to support the show um, with, a, with, with as little as $5 a month, but you also get access to bonus content. And that comes in the form of something we like to call After Dark. Every week after doing this podcast, we do extra bonus content. This is not the content that you would play in front of your mother. This is nope. not the content that you would play in front of your child. You want to save this content to yourself while you're laying in bed, lights out, headphones on, with your genitalia pressed firmly against your hand. This is that kind of content. Um, we talk spicy stories, um, uh, stuff that like, you know, you, you, you're not going to talk on the near the water cooler on a Monday morning at work. Um, but it's a way for you to say thank you to Ron and I for, for, for delivering free content, the podcast, every week. There are costs that are associated. We pay StreamYard. We pay for web hosting. We pay the fine people who do all of you know uh, the back end work. Matt Beaker, you know, he does not work for free. Cocaine no. is a very expensive, pricey, and as such, we do we we have a Patreon. It's a, it's a way for us to generate just some income, um, and it's a way for you to 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 just help us 
support us. So go right now, go to our website, Ron and Brian Podcast, click the link in the upper right-hand corner. If you're not a Patreon already, where it says become a patron, go to the website, register. If you're not already on in that community, you know, you can sign up for multiple tiers. There's as little as $5 a month, $10 a month gets you a link every Sunday to a live stream link to our bonus content. You also get some very cool swag at different tiers. Um, Ron, what am I leaving out? I, I think you've I think you've covered it all, my friend. All right, then let's do it. it. So it's been great to be back after our hiatus, after our month off. Thank you all for joining us. Um, we will be back next Sunday night. We're going back to our regular schedule of Sunday night. Eight o'clock next Sunday. But we had so much time to we had so much to catch up this week. We did. We did. So remember, we did seven this week. Next week we go back to eight o'clock. After Dark, always going to be at 9.30. So thank always. you all for joining us uh, for those free podcast, folks. We will see you next week at 8 o'clock for After Dark, folks. We will see you shortly. Thanks for joining us back here tonight. Thank you for joining us on the Ron and Brian podcast. We're live each week on YouTube. Facebook, and Twitch. You can find prior episodes, links to our social media, and everything else Ron and Brian at ronandbrianpodcast.com. See you again next week.